Okay, we're not giving anything away, but you guys were on time. That's really impressive. But we did start the meeting 15 minutes late, so. Do you want to give something away? Okay, then no. <laughs> Rich came laden with gifts, but they took them all away at customs. Um, so these, I am so excited about this session. <laughs> I think uh, we had planned for you guys to come over uh, in 2020, last year, what, what is this year, 22, 21. In 21, and we were all set, and then we canceled the conference. And uh, no, there was no direct connection. This is Rich Vasallo, who uh, I'm going to ask a lot of questions about CDLA. This is the way this is going to unfold. We're going to have a conversation, and I'm going to let Rich introduce everyone. Um, and then they're going to do a couple songs, have a little more conversation. They'll do a couple songs, have a little more conversation, and then do a couple songs. Um, but let me just express on behalf of this august body how grateful we are for the work that you all have been doing. I, I remember the first time I led, yet not I, but through Christ in me, and around the middle of the third verse, I just broke down and could not continue singing because the, the truths that were written, that I was singing, were so affecting. Um, and that's happened to me, not that exact thing, but many times I've been singing one of the songs you've been written, and I just think this is, this is exactly what I want to say. And it warms my heart with affections for, for God, for Christ, for what he's doing. And uh, so thank you. We're going to hear about all this. But first, Rich, um, Rich and I met about six years ago in, in Sydney. And I had, had some connection with the church they're from, St. Paul's, Castle Hill. Uh, a former leader there. I had come over and, and done something. And, and they were, you were moving in a direction I know some of you guys have been there that long, and but when you came in, or some sometime ten years ago, things started changing or growing or something. Anyway, why don't you introduce um, these guys and tell us who City of Light is? Yeah, cool. So my name's Rich. Uh, I uh, we are out of a church called St Paul's Castle Hill in Sydney, Australia. Um, City of Light is a ministry of that church, um, and it's predominantly run by volunteers. Um, I've got with me today Scott Lavender, who is uh, the music director at St. Paul's, uh, and is very involved in songwriting uh, and uh, pastoring the musicians. And on my right, uh, Johnny Robinson, one of our amazing songwriters, um, drummer and friend. He's, yeah, just a great dude. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really honoured to be we're, we're all really honoured to be here. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. How, how many people would you say, like when you say City of Light, it's not the church, it's a group of people. How many people would that be, do you, th do you think? Um, well, when people invite us to these sort of things, like one of the first things I say <laughs> is, um, you may not get who you think you're getting, because uh, I've got to check the roster. <laughs> um, PCO's still got a lot of yellows on there, and... Uh, I've got to make some phone calls. So 
we just kind of set expectations. We really are a volunteer ministry, and like you do see some <laughs> regular people in some of the videos and stuff like that. But we do make a big point that we are just like everyone else a church. Um, we serve as a church, and um, uh, and yeah. So coming out to something like this, if we were to bring a bigger team, it's a logistical nightmare to get because yeah. half of them are teachers, half of them are lawyers. Three of three of the team members have just had babies. Yeah. So so who's who's the girl who sings uh, yet and I've I, um, in the videos, Tiana. Yeah, so she was gonna come. She was gonna come, but three months ago she wrecked it by having a had a baby. <laughs> Doggone it! And then there was there's another girl singer, female who was uh, Fiona, and she 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 wanted to come as well, but she went and had a six week holiday. Yeah. yeah so. Oh, thank you. I tell you, those ladies just can't count on them. No, you actually we do, we do. Uh, but uh, but you're here, and we are very grateful. Yeah, and so uh, like as you mentioned, um, music ministry has been a big part of our church. The church uh, is over 40 years old in the area, um, and and back in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of um, a big music ministry with the choir um, that served in that area, and it's just been in the DNA of the church uh, from the beginning. Uh, as Bob mentioned, about 10 years ago, there was a bit of a shift. Um, Johnny and another guy named uh, Rich Thompson, who's another one of our writers, um, were actually hired. That's like a token word. They got paid a little bit of money to stick around. Um, but really, City of Light was birthed at that moment. I had just come on stuff prior to that. And um, it wasn't until uh, these guys in particular um, sat down and said, well, what is it we are actually trying to do, or before that even, what is it that God wants us to do? Um, and it wasn't until we really sat down and, th and thought hard about those things, um, and here we are 10 years later. It's been a long journey and slow journey, but um, that, that's how it, how it started. Uh, Johnny, you've probably got some um, more to say about that. Yes. Is this microphone on? People are saying yes. Okay. Um, yeah, as Rich said, we started not really knowing what we were doing. So we were kind of asked to come to the church and work with the songwriters and write with them. And so we started off by doing that, you know, writing for our own congregation and not really thinking much beyond that because that's in itself is a pretty big job. Um, but we did start to think beyond that. And there were two things, there were sort of two vectors uh, that our attention was drawn to. One of them was that the church in Australia, on average, a church, congregation in Australia is about 100 people. And in America, I think it's about 70. I think it's a little bit less because you guys have more options. And the second thing we were thinking about is who's writing songs for these little churches where, you know, they, maybe you have one acoustic guitar player and a trombone player and that's your music team. You know, that's kind of all you've got to work with. And we, we grew up in those little churches, so we know what they're like and we know what it takes to get up there Sunday after Sunday um, and, and try and pull together a team. And so we started thinking, you know, who's writing songs that are directly designed for these little congregations? Because that's the majority of the church around the world. And we said the other thing that we think is important is for songs to be really, really simple, melodically simple, and not too many chords, and to be full of biblically rich lyrics. We didn't say to ourselves, we are so great that we should be the ones to do it. We, we, had, we, didn't, we didn't think like that. We just saw a need 
um, and we thought maybe we could we could give it a go. Um, and so we just tried it. You know, once you see a need, sometimes I think that's God showing you that you might be the, the, the person who can have a go at it. Um, and so those are sort of the two, those are the two kind of pushes that set us on the, on the path to begin with, yeah. So, so would you fill that out? Um, so there are a lot of songs for the church. You just described some of the reasons why you guys wrote what you did. Are there, like, when someone says a city light song, certain things come to mind. Singability. Oh, our church could do this. Just from your perspective, what, what are some of the guiding principles that maybe fill that out some more that go through, go into the songs you write? Why do you write the songs you write? That's, um, yeah. So we do think quite carefully about the songs that we write. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't come across, maybe it does, but we, we try, you know, we, we do it think It does carefully. come across <laughs> that you think carefully about the songs you write. Um, so I'm just, I put some notes right here, so if I just look at it quickly, that's because I want to make sure that I'm trying to say something helpful to you guys. Um, the first thing that we think about is we want something that lasts beyond the Sunday service. So when you come to, when you come to church on a Sunday, you want to have an experience of God. You want to meet with God in that room, and you want to meet with the brothers and sisters and have an experience together. And that's what happens in corporate worship. And when you meet with God, you know, amazing things happen. But there's a sort of feeling that takes over you on a Sunday that may not be there with you on Wednesday morning when, you know, it's freezing cold and you've got bills to pay and the kids aren't getting dressed and their uniform is all over the house and all those sorts of things. We wanted to make sure that we could write a song that, what we wanted to do rather was write a song that could be with you on a Sunday but something that you'll be able to take with you through the week as well. There'd be some kind of truth that you could carry with you to Wednesday morning um, when maybe the glow of the Sunday services has worn off a little bit. Um, and so to that, to that end, we wanted to write something that has head and heart. So it's not enough just for a song to be true. That's, that's the bare minimum standard. Of course, a song has to be true. You have to be factually correct. You have to be theologically um, correct. But it's got to do more than that. It's also got to move you. It's got to move your heart. Um, and so what we really wanted to do was to combine a song that was full of biblical truth um, but had an emotional content as well. So it moves both your head and your heart. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing we think about is musically, we want it to be really simple to play. We have had feedback from a number of people that say it's too simple and could we add some more chords or, you know. <laughs> hey, um, we can always add chords if we want to. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Um, we take that as a compliment. We take, exactly right. We take, we take that as a compliment. If you, if you feel like, you, when you hear our song, if you feel like you've heard it before, that's great. That's exactly what I, I hope it sounds like. I hope it sounds like an old folk song that you've been singing for 100 years, and it goes exactly where you think it's going to go. And even people who are new to the church, when they come in, they can sort of feel some resonance with the melody. The first song we wrote was a song called Jerusalem, and we'll do it in a few moments. And after we released it, we heard word from a little church in country Australia um, in a rural town, and they said that it had been their Easter service, and they sung the hymn in Jerusalem, and it was played by a 12-year-old girl on the piano, and that was it. The congregation was singing, and she was up there alone on the piano. And I, we just, I just thought to myself, that's exactly, that's the standard for, for a song, you know, if it can be played by one little girl on a piano, then um, there's something simple enough um, for, for all the little churches to, to take on board. So our melodies are predictable folk melodies, hummable, you, may, you maybe think some of them could be a little bit more exciting than they are, but 
you know, that's the, we're, we're trying to do a, a certain sort of thing, I think. If you want to have a more exciting song, you can also add that one to the set list. Um, and then the last thing we think about is we want them to be accessible. So there is a kind of song that you sing in a, in a big room. And I'm sure you've been to big conferences and you'll sing this power ballad of a song, or Praise the Name or something like that. And by the end of it, everyone's got their hands up. It, everybody's singing top E, top F, these high notes, and everyone's kind of chanting and roaring and the feeling's amazing. And it's, that's, a great, that's a great moment. That's a great kind of song. But if you're in a small group and there's 15 of you, you can't be shouting that into each other's faces. I, I've, I've looked pretty silly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. You know, you, so... Um, oh, well, well I, I, probably, probably the best person to speak about this is Scott. Scott is our worship leader. Um, um, Scott, the question, I suppose, would be, what is it to have an accessible song that works in big and small rooms, you know what I mean, when, you, when, you're, when you're leading yeah. it? So I think there's probably two things that I think uh, when we think about accessibility. Um, so part of City of Light's vision is to write biblically rich uh, songs with simple melodies. So I think having a simple melody is really, that is so accessible because the people in the congregation aren't often musicians or singers. Um, they're just people that want to come to church and want to, and sometimes don't even want to come to church. They don't want to even be there sometimes. And so just having a simple melody in a key that is easy. Um, so as Johnny said, not hitting that, that kind of that high E or F through the whole song, but sitting down so it just will sometimes reach the C. So I never do a song with a high E or a <laughs> yeah. high F. That song shouldn't exist. But <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's part of it. And keeping, we try to write songs almost within an octave, if we can, um, to keep it very accessible. I think the second thing, though, for accessibility is, is singing universal truths. So I feel like a lot of songs at the moment are, are almost exhausting. There's a lot of songs with a lot of emotional... Um, it's just really, kind of, you just feel exhausted at the end. And, um, and there are some songs that just not everyone in the room can relate to it. And so I think if we sing universal truths with emotion, as Johnny has mentioned, um, I think that makes it accessible for people. It's something that everyone wants to sing. I think there's a, a line in a song that I heard recently that I think it's, I want to stay in this moment forever. And I'm not sure if everyone in the room feels that at that time. Maybe they, maybe it, they don't want to stay. That's not one of our songs, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think just thinking through those kind of uh, lines and those truths, what is it that people need to sing, that want to sing? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, enough talking. Uh, we'd like to hear a couple of songs. Did you... Are you going to introduce introduce us, or did you want to add anything to what they've said? Oh no, these guys are smarter than me. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do. Two, we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to do two songs. These are two songs that you may not know, which seemed like a good idea when I wrote the order, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> so the first one is Jerusalem. We wanted to play the one first because it's the, kind of the first song that that came out, and then we'll play one called There Is One Gospel, and that's our newest 
track. That came out maybe a week ago or something like that. So this is maybe a way to see sort of a snapshot of where we started and where we've, we've, we've come to. We would love if you would stand and sing with us because these are songs meant to be sung by the church. You don't want to hear our voices, but you want to hear you guys. So here we go. Hey, Scott. C? C major? C?
your voices to the world who is seated on the throne see him in a new Jerusalem praise the one lift your voices lift your voices to the one who is seated on the throne see him in the new Jerusalem praise the one who saved us praise the one who saved Oh, my. 
I stand in the gospel and when in glory and when in glory still I Both of those are great songs. Here's, here's what you're going to find, like, as they're doing their songs. You know, they're not, like, slipping in just like, well, this didn't work at home. Maybe it'll work here. Uh, these songs will work everywhere because they're filled with the, tr- with the truth of God's word. And uh, just as you said, Johnny, they stir our heads and our hearts. So I am just looking for where I am because I was so caught up in what we were doing. All right. Okay, here's a big question. How do you write songs? Can you just give us the secret so we can write songs like you? Johnny's got the secrets. It, it was at the songwriting panel workshop. Apparently they all sat in this section. Some stragglers out here. I'm in on a lot of them, which Johnny and Scott are a part of. And every single time there's just something else I walk away with because... Mm, mm. um, just so deliberate in where you ground your thinking. But um, yeah, I hope you guys were blessed um, with, with all the whole panel there. Like Jordan was there and a couple of other guys, Nate. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a songwriter, so. I'll Rich, uh, yeah, this is what's been so curious. Like my relationship has been with Rich and then when I invite him over to come to the conference, something, and Rich, what do you do? Nothing. Rich, this doesn't, this isn't right. What do you do exactly? It's <laughs> uh, a long conversation. Uh, oh, okay. In private. Should I, should I say what Rich does so he doesn't have to say it himself? What, what do you think, what do you think Rich does, Johnny? Rich is the guy that makes City Light run. It's it, like, it's hard, it, it, it's a very difficult thing to, he'll, he might say more about this in a minute, but wrangling a bunch of, musicians and artists and songwriters and those sorts of people together is not easy work. Uh, what do you mean by those sorts of people? <laughs> you, left, you left out production people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm an audio engineer. So production person. We always yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to run, this, uh, to run this kind of ministry, volunteers, everybody's got a full-time job, it's almost impossible to, to lock people down. Um, people are sensitive when they get feedback about their songs and things like that. It's really, it's not an easy job. And you know, we're, we're really blessed to have a, a guy like Rich who's patient, can see the bigger picture, um, and wants to bless, you know, the goal is to bless the church with songs and that God would be pleased when he hears these songs. And so I think, you know, he, I think he has the energy to do it because he knows why he's doing it. He knows, you know, who he's serving. But it's a, it's a really difficult role to kind of manage 
a songwriting ministry. And if you, as someone who'd like to do that, which I think you should do, I think it's an excellent thing to have at the church. Rich is a good guy to speak to about it. Amen. Okay, just want to make sure you like had a real job. <laughs> not, not just a pretty face. Yes, not just a pretty face. If you're going on that, you're in trouble. And I would be too. My mom's watching the stream. <laughs> didn't, didn't offend me. But... All right. So how do you write songs? Back to the topic at hand. Yeah. How, how do you write such consistently uh, wonderful songs that serve the church so well? Well, it's a nice way to phrase it. It's a kind way of phrasing the question. Um, so the first thing that we... The first thing that we said when we sat down to write the songs is we said we don't want to follow the pattern of the way songs are written in the industry. Um, and the pattern is this. You get into a room with three or four people that you don't know, and you have about three hours to discuss and finish a song. And at the end of that three hours, the song is done. You, you really don't revisit it. And it's a numbers game. The aim is to write about 70 songs a year, and hope that two or three of them are, are good. Anyway, we said, look, let's do the opposite. Instead of writing 70 and hoping that you know, one or two are good, why don't we just, why doesn't everybody just write one or two or three uh, through the year and work really much harder on them? Um, and so we pray that God would show us the kind of songs that he wants to hear in the mouths of his church. And once we think we have an idea, some kind of bigger picture, we do what we call filling up the well. So we have this rule in City Light where you can't write on empty. You can't just get an idea and then sit down and start to write about it. These topics and these themes are too um, serious and significant just for everybody to give their you know, first five ideas about it. So once we've kind of thought about a topic, we'll fill up the well, we'll be reading, we'll be praying, we'll be listening to sermons, we'll be speaking to people, and making sure that we're, the song comes from the overflow of all the things that we've kind of been storing up and, and working through. Um, yeah, do you guys want to jump into that at all? I can keep going if you... Um, I don't have much more to add, Johnny. You really do hold all the secrets. <laughs> I'll, t I'll speak from looking in from the outside because I'm not a songwriter. Um, but like watching these, the way that these guys... Uh, as, as relatively young group of people in the music industry, well, Christian songwriting. Um, it's been really interesting to watch the contrast of how these guys uh, take their time in writing songs. You know, uh, we're very wary of, and, um, of people that we uh, interact with. Not, not you, Bob, but... Um, it's all right. You can let it come out here. So, uh, um, you, know, it's, you know, people get writers who get signed and then all of a sudden quotas become part of the mix. Oh, I've got to write this amount of songs in this amount of time. I've got to pay back my advances and stuff like that. Like, it's very easy to, to lose sight of what the, the goal is. And we're very blessed to be cornered off in this part of the world where we're a little bit protected from all of that. And we have to kind of pave our own way because, um, you know, we live in the shadow, literally, of a very prominent uh, church that's in the music industry. Um, we can say their name here. Hillsong, yes. How far is, is your building from Hillsong? Um, if I stand on the roof, I could see their building. Okay, yeah. So it's pretty close. Very close. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they've done, they've done what they've done in, in the music industry. They, they write some fantastic music. 
um, and in a lot of ways they've um, led a, a revolution of how the industry operates in one sense. And it's, you know, it would be very easy for us to go, oh, that song sounded great, why don't we just write another one of them? But as Johnny said earlier, we, we sat down 10 years ago and went, what, is, what does God need from us? Like, Hillsong's doing Hillsong things. Sovereign Grace is doing Sovereign Grace things. Like, what, how can we help the, the greater church in a, in a different way that maybe there's something missing? And, and that's how we focused on that. But in terms of... Um, the, the way that the guys are, are writing, um, the, the slowness or the, or the carefulness that they take, slowness is the wrong word, the carefulness mm. that they take in addressing, look, John, like I've, what's the longest that you sat down with a song? 12 months? Yeah, probably 18 months. 18 months, right? Mm. Even, even the song we just sung, uh, There Is One Gospel, um, how many times have we re- are you guys rewritten that? Four or five? Yeah, probably yeah, four, four or five. If you were in the, the song panel workshop, Johnny explained how he um, a, a creates this robust system so that if you do need to rewrite melodies or lyrics or whatever, that you've got this foundation to work from. And well, I don't know how much detail you want us to go into on literally how we write. Or, um, yeah, yeah. Did anybody uh, care about this? Yeah, but what, what I was going to say was, like, um, the carefulness, we can, we can always draw back to the missional values of what we're trying to achieve because of the, these sort of processes. Because, uh, I don't know about you guys, COVID's been pretty frustrating from a ministry point of view. We've been sitting on a bunch of songs that we've been trying to release for two years. Mm. Um, and hopefully, God willing, in the next month, you guys will uh, uh, start to hear that. Yeah. There Is One Gospel has been one of those songs on that journey. And as we've been doing the pre-production of all those songs, we, we believe, I believe it's such an important message that the, the world, the church, needs right now. In time of disunity, brokenness, sickness, suffering, all of these things. And as we were producing all these songs, it kind of just, I felt, I personally felt a little bit underwhelmed with where it was landing. And I, the humility of these guys, I said to them, guys, we need to, I'm going to, I feel like it's not doing what it needs to do yet. So I think we need to pull it from the project, revisit it, um, and, and, and um, see what God does. And they went, great, yep, sure. Yeah. Took it away. And, and Johnny, as Johnny does, uh, how are you going? You guys are, I've written four or five different melodies this week and we'll get there, we'll get there. Anyway. We hate guys like you. <coughs> no, we, we, we thank God for guys like you. That's what I meant to say. Just watch out. He's, he's sensitive. <laughs> Long story short, the song in its previous uh, production stage was in 4-4, four, four, for example. Wow. It's now 3-4. Um, and um, just the little tweaks that they did because of the robust, the way that they write, they were able to produce something and then it just popped. Um, and so now you have the song that we released last week and um, yeah, we, we're just so grateful for God for, um, for the, the way that he has um, helped us over the last 10 years get to a point where we, we can do this and we have great relationships. The culture in the team is really good because of the hard work in the early days and um, the way they write. I just want to make the point of the connection that you know, that's a, an example of God's strength being perfected in our weakness. You know, we heard the message from Mark uh, on God's independence. I mean, I've got to go back and revisit all these messages because it's just like, whoa, just that we are, we are dependent people. And God wants us to know we're dependent because we are, not because he's, you know, needs to be one up on us. He is. He's God. We're not. And so that process of feeling like I have nothing, this song is, is not doing it. 
then you then you're forced to depend on the Lord, who is the independent one. And he then graciously says, okay, well, how about this? Now that you're in a place where you know, you've been stretched long enough that you know your need, then I can give this to you. Thanks for that patience. I think that's so really true, what you're saying. And it's, it's a, that's the kind of conversation we had to have with our writers when we first started. So there's a whole lot of technical things that we do when we're writing songs. I, I don't know if they, they'd be interesting for this, this room or not, but, also, but at least pastorally, when we first started, we sat everyone down and we said to them, if the reason that you're joining this ministry is because you like the idea of having a song on an album, don't, don't go any further in this ministry because what's gonna happen is you're gonna get that high when the song goes on the album and then someone else is going to like someone else's song better. And if what you want is a kind of position to people, for people to know you as a writer, for some kind of success being on an album, somebody taking your position is going to hurt. Now, even if you were the most popular song on the album, another album will come along and your song will be eventually replaced. Even if you were the po most popular song on two of the albums, another church is going to come along and they're going to write something better. You're, you're never going to be, it's never, basically it's never going to be enough, is what we said to the writers. If you're not content now with what you have um, as a believer and as somebody who's just trying to do their best as a songwriter, you won't be content with anything else. You know, selling 100,000 records is not going to make a difference. Having a number one is not going to make a difference because those things will always be superseded by the next person to, to achieve that. Good. So I think one of the most important decisions we made early on was to get everybody, at least to get their hearts in the right starting position. Say, why are you doing this? If you're doing it for any other reason, please don't go any further. It's just going to tear you apart. You're actually going to get more hurt as you go along because you're not going to get what you think you're going to get out of this ministry if that's what you're aiming for. Um, and so, you know, I think those kind of tough conversations at the, at, the, at the outset have saved us some battles. They're not all over, you know, but, you know, yeah. But having said that, the battles still show up. We're all human, um, but with that foundation in place, it just it, at the beginning that Rich and Johnny in particular um, put in place, has just really helped set up a good trajectory. So when do, things do pop up, and they do, as we all know, um, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a much, uh, not easier, but a much more loving process uh, to walk and pass the people through because, like, pulling a song from an album, these guys have experienced the most out of all of our writers, um, and so it's been modelled, and so the, the conversations, um, we've, the team has been through it. Excuse me, I'm getting Is he I'm sure it's important. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, model, modelling and, and, and doing the walk has been really important for us. And can you talk some about, uh, I have some of your notes here, you write a melody according to a syllable pattern. I mean, I think I know what that means, but... Yeah, okay. Okay, here's like a, maybe a something more technical, and I apologize if this doesn't interest you at all. Okay, a lot of technical people, all right. Okay, here we go. Everybody, you, hopefully you get something out of it. So the way that we write, the first thing we do is what we call boxing. And this is... We call that... Accent? What's it called? What, what did you say? Boxing? Boxing? Boxnet? Boxing. Oh, boxing. Sorry, my hearing's not good. What, Go you, what did Go you ahead. think I said? Oxent. Oxent. Yeah. Oh, oxen. Yeah. 
It's a cattle thing, yeah. Um, <laughs> the first thing we do is what we call boxing, which is literally boxes. So, the, so we might have a song. So Rich, uh, the guy, my writing partner, he's really good with big picture. He said to me, you know what, I think that we should write a song about the promises of God, but the verses will talk about the promises to suffer and the promises that you have to you know, carry the cross and all those sorts of things. And the chorus, or the part B section of the verse, will talk about the promises that God will walk you through those things, and he'll carry the burden with you. Okay, and so we have this idea which is God's promises, the kind, different kinds of promises God makes to us. That's, that goes in the main box. Now, three lines come off that main box, and they're going to be the, th the three verses. So the first one might be about um, promises that life is going to be difficult. Second one might be promises that you are going to sin. And the third might be life is full of suffering, but you're going to, you're going to make it to the end eventually. And those will be kind of the three, um, with three verses. And what you, have at that, what you have at that point is sort of a, a very clear big picture overview of where the song is going to go. Each verse has its own specific profile, so one verse doesn't sound like the next one. Um, and it's all coming back to the main theme. So by the time the congregation stood up, sung it, and sat down, everybody knows what they just sung. The song has a consistency all the way through it. Then what we do is we will go to an old hymn, like let's take When I Survey, The Wonders Cross, for instance, and I'll look at the syllable pattern uh, for that hymn. When I survey the wondrous cross, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, on which the Prince of Glory died, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Each of those lines is eight syllables. Actually, if you go to your hymn book and uh, beside the title of the hymn, you see those four letters, that's telling you what the syllable pattern is for that hymn. Now, you need two things uh, to, to, to work in the way that we do. You need a, the syllable pattern and you need the emphasis pattern. When I survey the one just cross, you can hear where the strong syllables are. But in another eight-syllable line, come thou fount of every blessing, come thou fount of every blessing, the emphasis structure is different. And you can't mix those two together. You can't use the emphasis structure of come thou fount to sing when I survey. When I survey the wondrous cross, that would be kind of clumsy to sing. It doesn't work very well. So you go through and you pick a hymn that has a syllable structure and an emphasis structure. Now, once you have those two things, you can either do one of two things. You can go away and rewrite the melody to that hymn, when I survey, based on the eight syllables and the emphasis pattern, knowing that your melody will be an eight-syllable melody with a certain emphasis. And if you want to then go away and write your own lyrics to it, you know that anything with eight syllables and that kind of emphasis pattern will work. Or you can go away and take those lyrics with the syllable pattern and the emphasis pattern and just rewrite your own lyrics using that same syllable pattern and that same emphasis pattern. Now, once you've done that, what you have is a very robust piece of writing. It's got a really strong syllable structure. It's got a really strong emphasis pattern. And you can change the music to that as many times as you want. So Christ is mine forevermore. Um, it used to be, mine are days that God has numbered. I was made to walk with him. We had a melody for it. We played it in church. People kind of liked it. Maybe not enough for us to be like, yeah, that's a winner. And so... So, so you did it in your church. Yeah, the church, does, the congregation the does not lie. I'll tell you that. Maybe they might, lie to, they might lie to each other, but they don't lie when they're singing a song. You sing a song in the room, if it goes really well, that song's a good song. If it goes really badly, unfortunately, however much you love that song, 
it's not a song that's working. The congregation will tell you whether it's working or not. And you have can, to be... Can I ask, interrupt you? How do you know whether it's working? Like, are people, like, frowning or throwing things? Or? Yeah. Yeah. If they're throwing things, it's... it's, then it's yeah. really bad. Yeah, it's really but bad. I mean, yeah, how, it depends how what they're throwing. I mean, if it's roses... They're, they're, they're just not catching on? Yeah, you can, yeah, you can sense it. You can feel it in the room. You can feel the energy's low. You can feel people are struggling to follow it. Um, the volume is obviously a very obvious indicator. Um, so we had um, mine are days that God has numbered. I was made to walk with him. So I was like, okay, what's another eight-syllable line with a different emphasis pattern? Uh, come thou found. Come thou found of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Which I, I then made. Mine are days that God has numbered. I was made to walk with him. And I could do that as many times as I wanted. I could find any melody that had eight syllables in the same emphasis pattern and rewrite it. And that means you can take that piece of paper away from the piano. You can take it down to the train station and you will know exactly what the syllable pattern, the emphasis structure is. And you'll know that when you come back to the piano, you've got something that's going to work. It's a tried and true syllable pattern, emphasis pattern, and probably a melody as well. So that's how we, that's how we start them. Yeah. That's fantastic. I didn't know uh, that you try songs out on the church. And so if you had people come back and say, yeah, I like the other one better. My parents said that to me, okay. actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Okay, so the next thing we do is uh, we send it to the ministry team. We send it to our pastors and say, is this the kind of thing that you would be happy for your people to be singing? Because uh, if it's not, we don't want to be singing it. Um, then we send it to a panel for a review. So there's a panel of songwriters, five of them, and they fill out a form and say what they think about it. It's really important, I'll tell you this, if you're the music minister or you're in charge of the songwriting ministry, it's really important to take the power out of your own hands as often as you can. If you're in charge of the songwriting program, don't pick the songs that are gonna go on the album. If you're the worship leader, don't pick the songs that are gonna be sung that Sunday morning. So me and Rich Thompson, sort of in, in charge of the albums, we have a producer come on board who picks the songs, the final songs that are going to go on the album. He arranges them. We don't have any say in that. Um, we don't choose if and when they get sung on a Sunday. That's up to Scott and the worship team. It's really dangerous, and your team will lose faith in you very quickly if they think that all you're doing is favoring your own songs and pushing them through. Um, I think it destroys trust really quickly. So my advice to you would be make sure the power is not in your hands. Or if it is, only for one stage of, of the process. Um, if the panel approves it, then we'll send it to the worship team and we'll try it in church. If the panel says no, then that's a no, and unfortunately that's just that's where it stops. And then we try it in the room. And like I say, the congregation doesn't lie. If, if it goes badly, if it's a horrible feeling, it goes really badly. But that's how you know. So it's already gone through a, a battery of tests yeah. before it gets to the congregation. It's not like I wrote it Saturday night, I'm just going to try it out. That's right, yeah. Okay, that would be yeah. unwise. Well, I'm not going to say that's the wrong way to do it. That's just... I will, if you don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fine. A, it's just fine. We can it's a really wrong way to do disagree it. Disagree on that? <laughs> no. Um, I, I just uh, want, Rich, before you do a couple more songs, I want you to tell a story about uh, Only Holy God. I thought this was so fascinating when it was being recorded. Because you say you don't do the production. You're not in charge of that. The producer is. But you do have some say in it. You don't, want it, you don't want a producer coming in. Yeah, we work with the producer, obviously. We, yep. in, in all steps of our song, at the writing process, at the we're, we're writing for our church family first and foremost. Um, we understand them, we do life with them, we know the, tr the trials and the hardships that everyone is going through from 
uh, you know, five-year-olds all the way up. And, and so um, uh, that's our first and foremost uh, goal with that. And so when it comes to producing in the studio uh, with the pre-production of the songs, yeah, we, we do have this uh, goal to write th songs simply uh, that are easily sung singable. Um, but we often work with the producer that is the other end of the spectrum, uh, down a pop line, for example. We write very folky, uh, Millie's, as you know, um, and, and so there's this healthy tension of, oh, this still sounds great, and then we go, yeah, but the 12-year-old on the piano won't be able to play it. Um, the grandma who plays piano with the jazz flautist won't be able to play it. Um, like we, and so um, it's about this accessibility. On Only a Holy God, there was, um, we, we had a session guitarist playing with us, a, a good friend of ours, Nigel, and he um, is a fantastic guitarist. He wrote this wicked solo over the, over the, um, the instrumental of Only a Holy God. And we're like, yeah, can you play it? Not as cool. You know, can you play it a bit straighter? Because not everyone can pinch and do the bends and have all the, the processing and stuff like that. Yeah, can I just add to that? It's such yeah. a good, it's a really important point. Some of the younger songwriters will say to us, can I write a song that has a guitar riff at the yeah. beginning? Or can I write something with this new synth I've got? And of course they can, but you run the risk of creating something prohibitive. So when a music director from a small church hears it and they, they play the song the first thing they hear is that guitar solo, they're gonna think, that doesn't sound like us. I don't know if we're gonna be able to play it. And unfortunately, you've shut the song out to that person. So what we want is the songs to be so simple. We want the congregation sound to be really high in the mix. And we want the parts to be simple. So when any little church plays that song, they're gonna say, that's us, that sounds like us. Um, so you can do one of two things. You can either go as far as you want and make the album as impressive as it can be, but you may run the risk of alienating the small churches. Or you can say, you know what, we're gonna make this really simple and hopefully it reflects the people who we're trying to reach. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Amen. if you're not, if you're not, um, if you're in your worship team, if your main instrument isn't the congregation, there's something uh, not quite right. I, I, I was walking through the, I had to run across for something, but I, I, I think I saw Devin and um, Dave up here talking about the Holy Spirit being at 90 decibels or something. Uh, I think it was. That's a, when he shows up. 95, I think. Yeah. Let's see, as an audio engineer, um, I'm not sure if the guys agree with me, but the Holy Spirit sits around 50 hertz. <laughs> that's where, that's where, anyway. These are things you don't learn at any other worship conference. But, but it's true, if you're, not, if you're not considering, like, volume's subjective. Like, um, in a room like this, you can run things a bit louder because you've actually got, you won't hear the band over you guys because you guys together are so loud. Um, but in a smaller church, of course, you've got to consider if there's only 10 or 15 people in the room um, because they're the main instrument where they're, here, they're just singing praises to God. And if you're not doing that or in, you're inhibiting that, then something's not right. Okay, yes, it's time for a couple more songs. Um, I'll let you introduce them. Scott? That'll be right. I, th I think they're going to ask you to stand. Yeah, we would love you to stand again. It was actually it was amazing hearing you guys sing before. It was just such a beautiful sound. So thank you for doing that with us. Are we going to sing uh, one Crisis Mind Forevermore together?
sing together minor days minor days that God has known but I was made to walk with him yet I look for worldly treasure and forsake the King of Kings but mine is hope in my Redeemer though I fail his love is sure for Christ has paid for every failing I am his forever minor tears in times of sorrow darkness not yet understood through the valley I must travel where I see no earthly good but mine is peace that flows from heaven and the strength in times of need I know my pain will not be wasted Christ completes His work Minor days here as a stranger pilgrim on the narrow way one with Christ I will His armor for this battle, strong enough to last the war, and He has said He will deliver safely to and minor keys, and minor keys to Zion City, where beside the King I walk. Rejoice now, my soul, for his love is my reward. Come rejoice now, my soul, for his love is my reward. Christ is mine for Let's sing that together one last time. Come rejoice now, oh my soul, for his love is my reward. Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. Mine are keys to
Christ is mine forever. Would you guys take a seat? Can you guys thank uh, Mackenzie and Ryan? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, by the way, just so you guys know, we're shifting everything a half hour. So we'll have a full half hour coffee break. And... Time to do whatever you need to do during that time. Wake up, take a nap, whatever you'd like to do during that time. But the, uh, the final session day will start at 3.30. Guys, just having you here is, is uh, filling, I think, all of our hearts in a fresh way with gratefulness for uh, what you do and just hearing how you do it, why you do it. Uh, just briefly talking to uh, David and Devin a moment ago, and <laughs> they said, it's kind of like talking to us, only they're cooler and skinnier. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't used to this. <laughs> no. uh, anyway, <clears throat> no, we, we, we share your heart, uh, your love for the church, love for the gospel, uh, and, and your love for humility, uh, because I've had numerous conversations with people in this conference, and... Uh, just say over and over again, you know, we are, we're all ordinary people. Uh, worse than that, we're, rebel, we're rebels deserving the wrath of God. And in his kindness and mercy, God has graciously saved us and allowed us to participate in the process of glorifying his name. It's just an incredible life. And, and we had nothing to do with it. And how contrary to what the world is constantly telling us. It's about you. It, it, it's about what you achieve. It's about what you accomplish. And in that humility, the Lord has, I think, given you a platform that's uh, making much of the name of Jesus. And, and a love for his church, which is just so, so encouraging. So what's, what, what's next for City Light? What, what, uh, what do you see for the future um, and actually, before you answer that question, um, what what do the people back home how 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 do the people back home deal with the 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 I guess the popularity of City of Light? Um, do they care? They do not care. About they don't. They don't. Okay, great. <laughs> that's and that's how it should be. Yeah, like whenever uh, yeah. we. Every now and then we tell them a story or a letter we um, go back. Actually, this is a really cool story. I was just going to ask you to tell some stories. Right? Yeah, we, um, so we received, uh, we, I w I've been blown away since joining with City of Light. The number of emails that come through just from small churches all around the world or just different situations where people have really been impacted by the songs of City of Light, I've been completely amazed. Um, there was one recently, in the last few months, from a family in Ukraine, uh, in the war, 
Um, and they've been basically hiding in their house, in their basement for a lot of the days. And they, um, we wrote a song called The Night Song, um, I think last year. And that song, they said it, it has just spoken to them. They, it's a, a family of four with two young kids. And they, the kids ask almost every night to sing that song. Um, and it has just been really grounding for them, and it helps them to lift their eyes to Jesus. Um, so we were just so encouraged to hear that. And then even a month later, they sent us this recording of, of the kids playing the song. Um, I don't even know what instrument it was on. I think it was a recorder, wasn't it? Well, there was a recorder, but there was another instrument I'd never seen before, and it sounded... So cool. And I think I showed it in church and I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. It was um, really moving. It's a bit of a shock, like, because we are just a church. And um, when, we, when we say, hey, we got this letter, we weren't expecting it. And they go, but this is just our church. Like, why is this over in the Ukraine? Mm. You know, mm. some Southeast Asia, you know, there's a, re- there's a really great story out of Southeast Asia where... Um, um, you know, uh, suffering the churches, underground church, they're praying and then, you know, they're singing to each other in a group of four, I think it is, and they're, they're, they sing to, you know, they're singing only holy God, you know, oh. who else um, <clears throat> forgotten the lyric writer's block I need to go for a walk, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who else is darkness trembles <laughs> who else can whisper in darkness trembles, sorry you know, that really encourages me to see you do that in an odd kind of way. I do that all the time, but I'm 67, and you're not. So, but you're from Australia, so that's right. Good point. I know. <laughs> no, but, like, so we, we hear these stories, and you just, we're just blown away that, you know, we have all these processes in place, and, and, and we work hard and whatever, and then we just stand back and... Yeah. Use this God. Like we don't have, we've, we haven't had a marketing or a strategy or budget or anything like that. We just write the songs, post them, and then, you know, we're trying to we're trying to follow what God wants for us. Yeah. We, we, yeah. yeah. Can I just add to say that, it, you know, I, when you ask what does our church think of the music or the people involved, they don't really think much about it, and I think that's a that's a really healthy way to to go about it. You know, I, I've, I see churches where they have a green room culture or where the ministry team and the music team does their thing and then they go off stage and they don't come mingle with the people. Um, I think that's really destructive. I think that gives a false representation of what the worship leaders and the teachers are actually called to do, which is to be the servants. Um, yeah, when you're, ser- when, you're, when you're leading, you're serving. And I think if people... S- if you start to believe the things that people are saying, this was excellent, you're excellent, this sort of thing, it's a really slippery slope to go down. Uh, I think if you can surround yourself with people who, you know, who love you for who you are, but aren't going to make a, you know, a big deal about the wrong things, that's, it's really important to have that. So we're, we're really grateful that God's given us a church like that where, you know, <laughs> you know it doesn't mean anything, it really doesn't mean anything. Can you tell brief, brief of that story about uh, Jesus Strong and Kind? You told me about the... Uh... Oh, just that we discovered this week. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
we, we were very privileged to meet a couple of guys, uh, Matt and Matt from North Dakota. Are they here? Yeah, they are right there. Over there? Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> and um, I'm not going to do the story justice, but um, I haven't actually even asked permission if I can share it. Is it okay if he shares it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can say no. It's fine. Okay. Great. Um, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Just, just the way that um, so Matt shared a story um, about him and his daughter. I don't know the situation because I actually heard the story third-hand. Like, they were talking with Johnny. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Who knows the story? Matt, do you want to come up and share it? Yeah, just why don't you come up and share briefly. Yeah, come up. This is an incredible story. <laughs> so I'm Matt from North Dakota. <laughs> There's a lot of mats. Um, and City of Light and Sovereign Grace, their music has made such a difference in my life, in my family, in our church. Um, and I was sharing with them, my wife and I have three daughters and one son. Our third daughter, her name is Edith, and she has a rare genetic disorder um, called PDHD. So she's five. Um, and they didn't think she would live past three, but she has and blown the doctors away. And so she doesn't walk or talk very much, but she can say a few words. And so Christ is mine forevermore um, is her favorite song. And we sing it with her before she goes to bed. And so uh, mine are days that God has numbered, I was made to, and then Edith says, walk. Um, yet I look for a worldly treasure. Um, and then she'll um, she'll say king and then uh, when we get to Christ is mine forever and she says more <clears throat> and so it's just a it's been a huge blessing to sing City Lights songs um, with our church but even with our family and as we've gone through that particular suffering um, Edith eats through a g-tube and she for a year and a half had to eat at 1 a.m. every every morning so as I sat there feeding her for a half hour singing City Light songs, um, just the gospel that was built up and reminding me of the promise and faithfulness of God. Um, it's just been such a blessing to our family. So. Mm. Matt, thank you for your faithfulness as a dad. And sure, your wife, um, and just, uh, yeah, that shows again the kindness of the Lord working through songs that you write somewhere in a room that you spend months and months working on. And then God says, I'm going to use that one to encourage a family right here in North Dakota. And so, oh, the Lord is so good. Okay, so um, what's next for City Light? And then we're going to do three songs. Okay, um, what's next? Excellent question. I think you gave it to me, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm just being honest, and while I'm being honest, I said the other day that we don't have a green room, and then I found out we do have a green room. I felt so bad, because you just mentioned the green room. We do have, we do have a room, yeah, it's culture, that's the green room culture. We don't have a green room culture, but there is a place where we can eat lunch or something. Yeah, yeah, just, but I, if anybody like finds it out, he was lying! I just wanted to, 
say. All right, I, my conscience is freed. Yeah, part of the, the whole journey from uh, 10 years ago with City of Light, we've always kind of um, put plans in place or what does God want? We've, we've prayed about it. Um, and so we, we, we have our plans just like any, anyone else uh, of what we might think God uh, would want from us or you, how he might use us. Um, but we um, are very familiar, particularly over the last two years, of things not working out, how how we originally plan. Actually, a common prayer that we pray, um, we try to encourage our team to pray this, um, is, Lord, would you, would you please slam the door on things that you don't want us mm. to be a part mm. of? Mm. Um, mm. There's so many things that we can, you know, you can find ourselves justifying as, oh, yes. this, this is, you know, of God, this is, we could find a, a good outcome in this. So yeah, it must yes. be from God. Yes. Um, I, I speak for myself, not the others. I, like I'm, I often feel I'm not smart enough to work some of these things out. So a door in the face is really helpful. Um, <laughs> just, as I'm walking through the door, please be kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, it's a, we pray regularly um, because we... We're, we're, we're worried that um, the temptations that are always present, you know, that, you know, um, we want to make sure that we're following what God wants for us. So we've got plans to continue to write and record, um, stay true to our processes of, um, you know, of checking and, and the theology and, and taking our time, um, all those sort of things we want to you know, we've started the first conversations and I've, I think it's God putting things in our path for this. Uh, I've been talking to Johnny the last six to 12 months about, you know, exploring, uh, doing some recording and um, translating into Spanish. And who does God put in front of me? Someone who does Spanish translations this week. Um, Fabrizio. Fabrizio. Yeah. Um, he works for Sovereign Grace. You, you, can, you can send the invoice to hillsong.com. <laughs> no, that was cheap. Let me say this about that. We would be thrilled to translate your songs, and Fabrizio is heading up a team of uh, Spanish translators that we think are producing some excellent translations, and we would love to serve you in any way we could. Things like that, um, you know, we get people writing to us, uh, you know, in all different translations, like languages I didn't even know existed. Um, and we're like, they're like, can you check the translation? And it doesn't even exist on Google to do the, you know, it's, it's really a unique, unique thing. So we're, we're, th we're thinking through these things, you know, we want to do, you, we've had those two tracks with Colin Buchanan, uh, which is a little bit more aimed. We want it to be congregational, but it, it's more inclusive of the, the kids. Um, we want to look at doing youth uh, style stuff as well. So we, we've got these plans, um, but w like anything, we, we test them, we talk with people, we see what God opens and what God slams in our faces. Um, and would you, would you partner with us and pray for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, because um, we want to, like we've been saying, we want to make sure we're doing what God wants us to do and yes. not what we want to do. Yeah. Um, and that can often be quite hard in a world that we live in where yeah. consumerism and pop culture and um, yeah. all of that is yeah. just telling you otherwise. Yes, yes. Um, 
I'm going to ask my son, Devin, if you come up and pray for these guys, and then we'll sing, um, sing a few more songs. Oh, no, no, we're going till three. Yeah, yeah. Let's pray together. Well, Father, thank you uh, for just the grace that you have uh, shown so many of us through the gifts that you have given uh, these fine brothers and sisters in Sydney, Australia, who are just seeking to faithfully serve their congregation. Uh, and as they've done that, they've, they've blessed so many uh, as they've pointed us to you and what you've done for us in Jesus Christ. Lord, would you bless their ongoing work? Would you continue to give them favor in what they're doing? Would you give them uh, songs and compelling lyrics and uh, singable, familiar, accessible melodies? Would you continue to do that? And may you continue to use them to build up your church. And Lord, would you uh, protect them as well as they go about this work? Uh, would you protect them from the snares of the devil? Would you protect them from pride? Would you uh, just continue to give them eyes that are fixed on you. Uh, and Lord, bless them. Thank you. We are so grateful to you for the work that you've done through City Light and uh, grateful for this time to sing with them and encourage them as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So um, we've got a couple more songs. Um, as we were saying earlier, we've been recording um, for two and a half years, it seems now. Um, as you may have heard, Sydney has had some pretty tight restrictions and um, that's created a lot of uh, complexities with uh, a team trying to record and sing. Um, but um, hopefully, we, we, I think we have did the final sign-off on a couple of things this morning which is difficult with the time difference. But, um, yeah, um, you guys are going to be the first people to hear this song that is not released yet. Um, and, um, yeah, our, pr our prayer is, um, and would you pray with us that uh, people don't hear these songs and go, wow, City of Light, that people would hear these songs and go, how good is God? Um, how amazing is the love that he would send his only son? to die um, and conquer death though we did not deserve it but he came and pulled us out but um, Scott's going to lead us in an item first and then we'll sing along if you feel comfortable of course but um, yeah um, enjoy debut thanks Rich yeah this is a song as Johnny said a lot of our songs take a long time to write and so I think I started this one about four or five years ago and then um brought it to Johnny, and he really tweaked it in a, a much better way than where it was at, took it to a few other people, and this is where it ended up. And it's a song that sings about heaven, and I, I think we don't sing many songs as Christians that focus completely on heaven, I don't think. Um, there used to be a lot more written. Um, and so this is a song about heaven and about that day when we will see God um, face to face, and we hear in the book of Habakkuk that God has the radiance like the sun. And so it is about that day when we will see God face to face shining brighter than the sun. So I'll sing this one and just 
I pray that the, the lyrics and the words are encouraging to you and lift your eyes to, to Jesus and that day when he will take us to be with him. in Christ risen from the dead he now reigns victorious his kingdom knows no end through his resurrection death has lost its hold I know on that final day I'll rise as Jesus rose on that day we will see you shining brighter than the sun on that day. We will know you as we lift our voices one till that day. We will praise you for your never-ending grace. And we will keep on singing on that glorious day. What a blessed hope, though now tired and warm, we will spend eternity around our Savior's throne. Though we grieve our losses, we grieve not in vain, for we know our crown of glory waits beyond the grave. On that day, we will see you shining brighter than the sun on that day we will know you as we lift our voices one till that day we will praise you for your never-ending grace and we will keep on singing on that glorious day it will be for at home with you my joy is complete as I run into your arms open wide I will see my father who is waiting for me and hallelujah what a day it will be My joy is complete As I run into your arms open wide I will see my Father who is waiting for me My Father who is waiting for me On that day we'll see you Shining brighter than the sun on that day We will know you as we lift our voices one Till that day we will praise you for your never-ending grace And we will keep on singing on that glorious day And we will keep on singing 
on that glorious day. Would you stand and join us for this one? Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else can make every king bow down? And who else can whisper and darkness trembles? Only a holy God. What other beauty? What other beauty to you? such praises what other splendor outshines the sun and what other majesty rules with justice only a holy God come and behold him the
of grace is Jesus my redeemer there is no more for heaven now to give he is my joy my righteousness and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace to this I hold my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in is dark the night is dark but I am not forsaken for by my side the Savior he will stay I labor on in weakness and rejoicing for in my need his power is displayed to this I hold to this I hold my shepherd will defend me through the deepest valley he will be. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ. I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price he has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my part, and he was raised to overthrow. Hallelujah! To this I hold, my sin has been. together with every breath with every breath Glory evermore to 
prize Sing together to this I hold To this I hold My hope is only Jesus All the glory evermore to Him When the race is complete Still my lips shall repeat Yet not I but through Christ When the race when the race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, through Christ in me. When my race is complete, still my lips shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Johnny, I heard that was a very difficult song to come to bring to completion. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it to completion. Yeah. The Lord, the Lord, yeah. amen. Amen. And, and. What I love most about our conversation was just the, the obvious, your obvious desire to give the glory to Jesus in a real way. Not, well, it's the humble thing to do. You know, you just want to, you know, give the glory to Jesus, but I'll take a little bit. And no, you didn't. It's, and haven't hung out with you, well, Rich mostly. Um, but yeah, you just see that in your conversation. So thank you. All right, guys, we are taking a 30-minute break, so just, just register, you know, or ask, just know, like, what you need this 30 minutes for. If you want to just, like, go somewhere and hide, that's fine. But the 3.30 session, we've got Adam Wright in the corner of music, same thing. And uh, Mark Jones is going to speak to us about God's unchanging blessedness, and we're going to be led in song by, I think, Devin and David, perhaps. All right, see you in 30 minutes.